0: Rabbi Isaiah, good morning. Aboker tov, a good night of Shabbos. Erev Shabbos, kodesh parshas matas masay. We are completing the sefer Bamidbar, tovshin pe and we know we're entering into uh, today is Erev Rosh Chodesh. Erev Rosh Menachem and we have this year that Rosh Chodesh falls out on Shabbos kodesh. So there's a little bit of a nechama already in the air that the Shabbat, the beginning of of will be in a setting of a Shabbos, which shows us that the Avedis, which we know we we mourn the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash during these days, that uh, we should have an element of menucha, so that relates to the to the menachem of that this year there should be more of a menucha, more of a menachem. So, as usual, we want to say over some Divrei Torah. As I've done in the past, we have two tapes. One is from last year. And in last year's uh, Divrei Torah, we spoke more about Parsha's Masseh and the Masos. And this year, I felt that it's important that we should speak a little bit more about Matos. And uh, to get Chizuk for everything that we're going through, so Parsha's Matos, we know, starts out with the Parsha of Nedarim, and Nedarim, uh, specifically between Ish and Isha. But it speaks about the general concept of the union of, of making a nether, and what happens when a person makes a nether, and hafaras a nether, ha nidarim, all of these different halachas. And then the Torah continues and speaks about the mochemes midyon. The mochemes takes place between Klai and Midyon, or Baruch commands Moshe Rabbeinu to take Nakama from Midian, and uh, he doesn't hesitate, as we see from the Psukim, uh, and even though he knew that this was going to be his last deed before he leaves this world, but still he went with Simcha, and that's the, that's the way Tzadikim do it, and um, he, he didn't hold himself back, even though he heard that his Misa is, depend, is dependent upon it and then the torah goes on to speak about the capturing of different cities the capturing of different uh, people and the shalom and the hoheshem's all an accounting that goes on in, in this week's parasha, and how one has to be careful about what he does with the with the shalom and the last part of the part of the parsha speaks about the famous story of the ben jegor B'nai revain they had a lot of cattle and they wanted to they wanted to have places where they could feed their cattle, which was in Eivar Yardin. And they asked and they requested from Moshe Rabbeinu that they should be able to stay on the other side of the Jordan. And Moshe Rabbeinu first chastises them and he tells them that you're you're not going to be part of the Mohammed between their brothers, which are going to capture the land of Eretz Israel and that's going to cause us to have despair. So he makes a pact with them that tonight, which we know is called in the Gemara Tanai Bnei Godeb Nei Ruven. and uh, he tells them that if you will go and you will join in the battle and you will help, which they eventually did, then you will be zorchet after the Chalukah to be able to have the land that you uh, wanted to 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 build for your families for your children. He gives them a little a little that they seem to have put the cattle before their children. And at the end of the day, they, they respect that. And uh, it's interesting that this is like an important part of not only learning at the union of Tanai B'nei Godem Nei but this has to do with the whole mitzvah of Kibush Eretz Yisrael and uh, the union of Kibush Eretz Yisrael. And later on, we see in Parshish Massey, the famous Ramban, when Ramban speaks about the union of the mitzvah of Yishuv Eretz Yisrael based upon the Pesach, the famous Ramban. Ramban sheet is there's a mitzvah saseh of living in Eretz Yisrael, of, of, of acquiring Eretz Yisrael, and because this is the land which was given to us as an inheritance. And there's a mitzvah saseh of the mitzvah yishuv Eretz Yisrael. There's other Bishonim that disagree with the Ramban. I know that Rav Moshe Feinstein said that even if we don't hold of the Ramban, as far as a mitzvah kiyumis, a mitzvah chiyuvis, but there is a mitzvah kiyumis, that if a person does come to Eretz Yisrael, he's Mekayim, the mitzvah, mitzvah the of mitzvah, yishuv Eretz Yisrael. And no matter what, we know this Kedusha Sa'aretz, this Chiba Sa'aretz, and this is something, especially in the time period that we're living in, we all have this chuka, this yearning, that we want to get back to Eretz Yisrael. So let's speak a little bit about the Indian of Nedarim, and a lot of what we're going to say is based upon some of the thoughts which I saw from Shimon Schwab and the Sefer Mayan Beis You shouldn't think that uh, it's on my own. But we try to put things into perspective in our own terms, in our own terminology. and I hope that you'll enjoy them, be able to use it and you'll share it with us, others either at the Shabbos table or wherever you go. And again, as we always say, this should give us chizik especially during these trying times that we're all going through. The Indian of Nedarim is a fantastic concept. And the Torah tells us, by Moshe Rosh amatas, Yisrael he tells it to the children of Kla Yisroel. The Sephurna says that this mitzvah is given to Kla Yisrael. Only Kla Yisrael can make Nidorim, but the Umasa'olim, they don't have a kayach of Nidorim. And why is that? The answer is because what we see from over here is the power of speech that the power of speech by a yid is not just a concept of communication, which in itself is a wondrous thing. We always speak about how what we're going through right now is I am now uh, talking, which is basically sending impulses from my brain to my larynx, and then there are words which are formed very, very quickly, and they go out in an airspace, and they enter into now a recording, but usually goes into a person's ears, and the ear is able to compute in such a split-second fashion. And this is the power of communication that has implanted into the into the teva of nature of man. And that in itself is a great thing. And we see the world lives on that. The world lives on tikshoyat on communication. But by Klal Yisrael, there's a higher level. Our dibur, which is the highest level of Medaber, is Yisrael, is that we're able to create an a chefza, an entity with our words. Literally, we create a definitive object, a power of din into the world. We can control if something is going to be permitted or not permitted. If a person makes a shvua, that he's or neder, that he's not going to eat a certain food, then there's a, a isr of La Yachel there's an Isr. It according to some it becomes a chefza shal isr. So the inion of Nidarim by Yitn is that we're able to create something which Goyim can't create. Goyim cannot create a definitive object. All they can do is they can communicate. Well, we are, have this ability to have the higher level. We have a power which is a Kayach mm-hmm. Elyon, a power which is so high and so powerful. The Ikon, the the Gemara says, is Dafka Bishas when a person is going through difficulties, when a person will go into battle, then... They would make a nether like it says, Yaakov Lamer." not Yaakov, it was going out into Golas. He said, If Baruch Hu will be with him and I'll give him Be'gid Lecho, Be'gid food and clothing, then he promises he's going to return. And we find throughout the Navi and in the, in the Tanakh, we find that they would make Nidorim like by Yiftach, made a nether, and these in Yonim were to be mechazik themselves. In mitzvahs, my So the concept is, is that we're able to create a din, and we should use it sparingly. Don't use it all the time. B'shacholam, a person doesn't necessarily have to go through this. And having a neder on yourself, we know is a very, very uh, powerful iser. A person can't loyachel it's a lav in the Torah, and that's why before Yom Kippur we have the hataras nedarim, in order that we shouldn't have the onish of that level of prohibition upon us. So this is a wondrous, wondrous thing. Now The power of Dibur, we find an unbelievable thing. It's not only found in the Darim, we find it in Tefillah that shows us the power of speech, and we find it in the Kayach of Taira. I saw a fascinating story in the times of the Rav Shimon Seifer, the Rav of Krakow, the son of the Chassam Seifer. There was a Yid, that his son contracted diphtheria, which is a very serious illness which doesn't allow the child to breathe. In the lashon of the Gemara, it's called Askera. And it's a very choking type of phenomena where the person in those days, where they didn't have a refer for it, literally a person would choke to death, and it was a very horrific kind of suffering. And this person ended up taking his child to the hospital, and in the hospital they tried to do whatever treatment they could do in those days, and it wasn't being effective, and he saw the child was literally dying in front of his eyes and he was coughing and trying to gather his breath and he wasn't able to and it was so painful to see his son suffering that he literally couldn't take it he couldn't stay till the end and he ran out and he decided to go in the middle of the night he ran to the house of the chassam Sofer, of the son of chassam soifer of Shimon, and he saw that all the trisim, all the shades were all drawn and there was no light but he saw it a little bit there was like a broken tris and there was a little crack of light and he decided that perhaps the Rav is up. And he went into the house. He opened the door and he went into the house. He didn't knock. He didn't want to wake up the members of the family. And he saw that the Krakar Rav was sitting and he was learning tired in the middle of the night with tremendous, tremendous hasmada. And he had a light in front of him. And when he came in, the Rav saw him. The Rav said to him, um, what are you doing here? What happened? You know, just came into the house. He said, "He, said, he broke down and he started crying. He said, I apologize. He says didn't you see that the trisum that the trisum were all closed he says yeah the trisum wore closed but there was a little bit of light he says if you hear already tell me what's going on he told him his tzara immediately the rav it was then in the winter he had a, a scarf around his neck he said take this scarf which had been wrapped around his neck and you should run and bring it to your son and put it around his neck and there will be full for him but you have two. But the two conditions. Two conditions are that you have to bring it back to me before the morning, for Alissa ha'shachar, and you also have to promise me that you won't divulge this piece of information to anybody as long as I'm alive. The person immediately said, "For sure, I won't divulge it at all. I'll take upon myself these tenoyim. And he quickly ran and he brought the scarf and he wrapped it around the son's neck, and a miracle took place. All of a sudden, the son started coughing, and all of a sudden, big globs of whatever was inside of him poured out and eventually he was even able to sit up and he had a complete refuah from the scarf of the Rav and he immediately remembered what he had taught the doctors came in to get over it immediately came he took the scarf and he ran back to the Rav's house before Allah came in and he handed him and he thanked him they told him that the sun is better and he said to him I understand. I'm very thankful that you gave me this he says what was the what was the power the power says this sif I always wrap around my neck when I'm learning the Torah and it's saturated with the words of Torah that I learned. And the reason why I told you that you have to bring it back before I lost Shachar is a very practical reason, not like a magical thing, a Harry Potter kind of thing. No, it has to do with the fact that I'm going to go out in the morning and I can't catch a cold, so I have to have it in the, in the winter. And the reason why I told you that you shouldn't divulge it is because I have, in my job as the Rav, I'm... Uh, <laughs> always running from, from from mitzvah to mitzvah. I have brisim, and I have chasnas, and I have to go to the Bezdin, and I have to pask and and people are coming to ask me for all kinds of questions. And if I don't have a chance to learn, I won't be able to be the person I'm supposed to be. So at night time, I close all the trisim, and people know they're not supposed to bother me. So therefore, I'm able to sit and learn, and only with the kayich of Torah am I able to perform the duties of a rav, to create Diburim of Kedusha. So therefore, if they would come, if, if you would divulge it, people would know that I'm up at night. So therefore, I want people to think, no, I'm sleeping at night, they won't bother me. But now that I know that the tris was broken, I have to fix the tris. But please don't tell anyone. The person did not divulge this story until after the Rav had passed away. Rabbi's side, we see that by Yid, there's a pella, the Kayach of Dibur, the Dibur of Kedusha, the Dibur of Lushan. The power that we have that's what we see by Nedarim, and that's really the connection between the Mechemes of Midian. Because since they went into war, they made Nedarim. So that's why the parish of Nedarim was, was made before the, the parish of the Mechemes of Midian. There's an unbelievable vart which I want to share with you. Uh, but I have to tell you that before I say this vart, just to say that I, yesterday was the yard site of Rav Yashiv, Zei Chotzadok the ninth yard site, and I received a note from Reb Binyamin who said that he was by Reb Chaim yesterday. Reb Chaim Shlita should be the son-in-law of Rav Yashiv. And he asked only Binyamin could ask, child: How does a person become Rav Yashiv? And Reb Chaim answered him with the Koich of Tfila. The Koyuch of Tfila. Now, for sure, Reb Chaim was not taken away from the power of Torah and the power of Asmada that Rav Yashiv reached because of his Mesirus Nefesh for but I think what he was saying was is that with all of that, if you don't have the power of tefillah, then you can't be zoycha to become who you are. As the Gemara says, the Gemara says that after a person learns Torah, he has to be the There's an unbelievable vart, the last Pesach in Parsh's Matas. The Pesachim over there is speaking about the capturing of the lands right outside of Eretz Israel. And it speaks about two particular people. One of them was uh, Yair ben Menashe, Yair the son of Menashe, and, um, excuse me, Machir ben Menashe. Machir ben Menashe. So it says that Machir ben Menashe, at three, three or four psukim, they speak about Two particular per, per, uh, personalities. One was Machir ben Menashe, and one was Yoyr ben Menashe, and excuse me, three three people: Machir ben Menashe, Yoyr ben Menashe, and a person by the name of Noivach. Listen to these two psukim. It says Yoyr ben Menashe, and I want to tell you an in, unbelievable insight from Rav Schwab's It Shows us that the, the, the depth of Torah. Yoyr ben Menashe, holach v'yukar es chaver Yoav Ben Menashe went and he captured the Chaveseim. The translation for Chavese is like a ranch. The Chavese, VaYikra sent Chaveseim. He called it Chavot Yair, the ranches of Yair. The Neivach Olach, went. VaYikra sent He went and captured the areas of Knossos, Benozah and their sisters, and their and their and their daughters. Or, or, excuse me, Knossos and their sons, their daughters. VaYikra la Neivach He called the places Neivach. The place was Kanas, and he called it Noivach. Now the Pesach says the last four words of the Torah and the last four words of the parasha Vayikra La Noivach B'Shomot. Now many, many times Rashi points out that the hey at the end of a the word there's a little nukuda inside which makes it into a mapik hay. Over here he brings down from a Moshe that there's no mapik hay. and it's as if the Torah is telling us, not vayikra la, as it was called to her, but it's the, the love here is like a loshen loy. The mashmos is is that it's a weak hay, not a strong hay. A mapik hay, means it's a strong hay, but a weak hay, it means vayikra loy His name did not remain in time. What does that mean? That means like this. Later on in Navi, the Navi speaks about Chavas Yoyer. Hundreds of years later, the Torah tells us that Yoyer's place still retained the name Chavez Yoyer. And that's why the Torah says, hen Yoyer, As Rashi points out, banim, He didn't have sons. Karab he called it on his name, the Ranches of Yoyer. But he didn't call it Yoyer. He called it the Ranches of Yoyer. Well, Neivach called his place, which was really originally Knas, he called it Neivach. No, this is Neivach. So if Shab says an unbelievable inference, and it shows us the depth of the Torah, what we can see from a little lack of an akuda in the Torah, we know that the Torah, we in even the tilim, even the, the little kessers, we can, we can darshan tilim, tilim shel What is the Torah's message over here? And this relates to what we were speaking about before. Man, when man acquires property, sometimes he gets confused. He begins to think that property is really what he's all about. And that's not a Jewish philosophy. The Jewish philosophy is is that if I acquire property, the property is not really my essence. It's only Chavos Yoyer. It's only the ranches of Yoyer. To show me that what? That that's not really who my essence is. Noivach, on the other hand, he translated that Nechasim are really my Etzim. It This place became him. It, it, it defined him. And this is teaching us a great lesson. There's a difference between how we look at the purpose of the world and the nations of the world look at the world. The nations of the world look at the world as how much they can acquire, how much uh, property they have, how much physical proce- property are in their possessions. And that becomes their definition. And by us, the physical is not what's important. The physical is not lasting. It's the mitzvahs, it's the ma'asim taivim, it's the kedusha. Those are the things which are important. And we find in mitzvahs a very interesting concept. How do we relate to mitzvahs? Now, we know we have a shaifer, we have tefillin, we have tzitzis. we have sukkah, we have lulav. Those are all outside forces. They don't necessarily become an integral part of man. But there are certain mitzvahs which become an integral part of him. For instance, Talmud Torah, the learning of Torah. The Gemara says, brings down a Pesach until him. In the beginning it's called Torah Sashem Heftzai. The Torah is really God's Torah. But after a person learns the Torah, and a person is a masvid, and a person continues to try to define himself with the Torah, then it's called Ubu Torah Sajegah Yom Avalayla. It becomes his Torah. The Torah becomes his essence like the great gadol that we spoke about, Revayashiv Zatzal, Yibadul Tovim Varuchim, Reb Shlita. They themselves are considered literally like the embodiments of Torah. The Torah becomes them. It's a safer Torah. That's what's important. And that's why the Gemara says, foolish people, that they stand up for Sefer Torahs, that they, don't understand, they don't stand up for a Gavi rabbi who embodies the Torah. When we see a Talmud Chochem, we have an obligation to to stand up for him, because he becomes the essence of the, the Torah in him, or really, hainohach. I remember the, the feeling that I had when I drove with Moshe Feinstein, Zayich Levroch in the car, and he was holding on to a Sefer Torah, and I said, I didn't just have one Sefer, I had two Sefer Torahs. So I had a Sefer Torah, which was written by a Sefer, and I had a living Sefer Torah, who embodied all of the beautiful, beautiful uh, lessons of the Torah, a living Sefer Torah, a Sefer Torah and we find this also in the Inyan of Tefillah. Dovina Melech, who wrote Sefer Tilim, calls himself Vani Tefillah. My essence is Tefillah. There's nothing like Klal Yisrael. Klal Yisrael, we're with the mitzvahs, the Maisim toivim. And I think this is the message of the entire parsha, which is the ending of our travels in the Midbar as we, before we enter into Yitzchel to recognize nedarim, we create definitions of Kedusha, we create the definitions, something which is permitted and something which is not permitted. We create, when we go into battle, we go with the power of Torah, we go with the power of Tefillah. We are able to define, that's what the Pasuk is telling us at the end, a very small Pasuk, speaks about Yoyer, speaks about Menashe, speaks about Neivach, and we see a Rashi, and we see a beautiful, beautiful interpretation, which gives us Chizuk, that this is what we should try our utmost during these days as we enter into the nine days of mourning. And for some reason, Akash Baruch Hu, this year is giving us a blessing, that this year we're going to have two Shabbos during these, these nine days, two Menuchas. And someone said over a Gavart last night, <laughs> I heard it over really from the Hasidus, if I'm not mistaken, that really today is really the happiest day of the year. Why is that? because the Gemara says in two places that on one hand it says mishnechnes Mar marben besimcha when other comes in you should be marben besimcha and the concept is that we go ya'ohu michayol chayol it doesn't say you're supposed to stop the simcha the only time it says you should stop is mishnechnes of Mamatim besimcha when it comes of you mamat besimcha which really means that from other until today until erev schadus of we've been going up in an upwards framework of being marba besimcha, and as we said, there's no simcha like the Torah, no simcha like Tfila. Only now are we going to be going into the mamat in the month of Av. So today is really a very, very happy day. Now for sure we have to take this into context of all the sorrows that we're going through in Kalal room, and what we hope and pray that Kodesh Baruch Hu should see, all of us, those of us who have just completed the Masechta Yuma and the Dafayami, and we, were about, we started, or we're starting, Misech We're leaving Yom Kippurim. We're leaving the Oilam of Tshuva. We're entering into the huts of Akaruz Hu, into the tents of Akaruz And we ask and we pray, Akaruz please, Ufrai Saleh Nisukah Shalamechah, all of those that are ill, be Menachem, all of those families <coughs> that are waiting to hear news. We should be Zaychav Hashem, to the Binyan Beis Hamigdash to the coming of of A good nerve, Shabbos, Kodesh, Parshas, double Parshas, Parshas Matas, Parshas I want to jump into the Parshas and to try to bring out some Diver as we usually try to do and to give us some words of thought, and also to bring out some stories, some Gavaldi Kamaises, because besides everything we spoke about this week is the yardsite of Rabbi Yosef, Shalom and Yashiv, Zechotanak, Moran, who was so much part of our lives and still is so much part of our lives. And we want to see over a few things that we heard and that we've seen about him. There's so much to talk about, but also to give us the richizuk. So to jump into the Parish the Parashat's Matas begins with the Indian of Nedarim, we're not going to speak a lot about that, but just to say that we see from over here the power of the Peh, how much a person can affect, a person can create a definition in Yiddishkeit. And therefore, a person should also learn that he should be careful in what he says, not to embarrass anyone, not to say Lashon at anyone, to speak Debrei Shevach, to speak words of constructive points which will bring a person Chizuk. It's such an amazing, amazing thing what a person can do and um, I just mentioned something last night downstairs in our little Hutzer minion, which I don't know if you've been following the news, of will go off on the tangent for a, for a second, but because of the uptick in Eretz Yisrael, so the government has changed the rules as far as shuls are concerned, and now shutting it down to only 10 people inside a shul and only 20 people on the outside, which is really a reversal of going back, I'm not saying that complaining, just the reality because they want to try to bring down the numbers, and hopefully they should be successful. And we have to know, we have to follow the instructions as best as we can. But there's no question that it causes a lot of pain, a lot of discomfort. And when we, last night, when we dive in my I have to tell you that there's a, one of the Balabatim in our little outside chatzar minion has taken upon himself to try to beautify the Chhatzer, He put up plastic coverings which were able to shut down, the, shut out the sun. So in the morning, people won't get beaten down from the sun. And they literally, they paint it around to make it look nicer. It's an amazing, amazing thing. It's not a shul, it's not a basic nesetz, but it is a makam tefillah. Especially the Sephardic Jews, they understand the importance of what tefillah is all about. So we want to express our Akar Tov And I mentioned that we want to give a bracha to those people that were involved in making it. And as I said in the uh, Zoom shmuz this week, one of the Muslim, which is not my own, but heard from others, that the corona is called Kovod 19. Right, COVID nineteen, and we explained it. And covered for the nineteen, honor for the nineteen, for the brachas which we find in Shemone which is really nineteen brachas. We should give honor to the brachas. We should have more kavana. So this is also some of the things that we should keep in mind as we enter into the Shabbos, as we enter into this week. So we want to focus a little bit more on the parsha of masseh which is the last parsha, which we're going to speak about the different tra- different travels. That Kla went through. And the Pusik says, These were the Masajis of the Yidden. They went from Eretzim with their hosts in the hands of Moshe of Iron and the farm, Hakadosh, they bring down that this is a Remez that the Yitzias Mitzrayim and the travels in the Midbar, since it came about <coughs> through Moshe and Iron, who are human beings, were B'nei Adam. Therefore, unfortunately, it did not reach the final Geula Acherona. But Hashem, the final Geula, which will be the Geula that the Rabban Hashem himself will bring, that Masa will be the final one, which will be a Geula Acherona. It will have a completion. And that's what we hope and pray and we aspire to. Rashi brings down <coughs> why is it important for the Torah to give an accounting of every single place? First of all, we know that there were 42 Masos. What's the concept of forty-two? So this is brought down as far as There's the shame Hashem. One of the Shemas, shameless gedolim is the shame membeis. I don't know what the shame membeis is exactly, but I did see that it's used when a person wants to be oile his neshama, his neshama is oile with the shame membeis, or if a person is oile to pardes. Pardes is that place which is the, where the hidden secrets of the Torah are then you use the same membeis. So again, we don't have any understanding of what those things are, but we do know that there is powerful understanding of what membeis. The membeis masos, Rashi explains why is it important for us to repeat each one of the different masos, and there's various answers that Rashi says, and he brings down from the Medrash Tam of a to a melech that had a son who was ill, and he took him from place to place, he had to take him in order to take him travels, in order to get him, I guess, to the Raifei. Like the Rashi says, So when they finally were able to return, after they got out of the hospital, and they got back from the doctors to the father, when he got back, and he said, Oh he, he counted all the places that he went in order to get there. He said, over here, we slept. Over here, over here, you were cold, you were cold the the you here, you had a very, very bad headache. He wanted to bring out the Shevach that thanks all these different places. And the Meirel explains that each one of these places represents a different aspect of the Masos. There were certain Masos where there was peace, where there was Sholom, where they were able to sleep peacefully and calmly. There were other Masos where it was cold, where there was Tsar. There were difficulties going on throughout Klal Yisrael. And then there was the harshest thing, which was, that's the makam sakana. And I think this gives us a little bit of a vision of our own lives, of our own masa. If we recognize that we ourselves are again part of the masa'os of the midbar. And we ourselves have to recognize that we mentioned in the zoom smooth, we'll just repeat it again, that there are different time periods. There are time periods of shalom, there are time periods of Tsar, there are time periods of sakana. But we have to know one thing. These are all the Masalas of Klal Yisrael and HaKadosh Baruch Hu is with us at all times. As we say, Al pi Hashem Yisu, Al pi Hashem Yachano. We always go with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. If HaKadosh Baruch Hu says we have to travel to this place, we go to that place. But we should know that we have a role to play because it's brought down in the already. I saw that the Barbenel brings it down that there were different Masos, there was a Masa that was called Kivra Sataiva. They left Midbar Sinah and went to Kivras HaTayvah. That was an outcome of what Klai was doing, that's an outcome of what man does, he creates a Mokom of Taiva. There were other places that were called Ve'yissu me'vissu Vayachnu b'kehelasa. Kehelasa is of Kehilas, they were together. They were together when we banded together, when we built communities. And then it says, they were in the mountain of Shafir. Shafir is a lushness of pleasantness. But then it says, they left the, the, the mountain of pleasantness. They went to a place which is called Kharada. Harada is fear. This is all what our role, our role is that we can create the definitions of the places, the masas. We have to go through the 42 masos. but We have to recognize that we have the ability in order to create a situation, which will be like it says, the Yisuke, they went to a place which was matok, which was sweet. So Rabbi says, we're going through our masos. We should not become despondent. We're going through a corona, a pain epidemic. We have no understanding of the fullness of what a Baruch Hu wants from us. But Rabbi so we get chizik. What do we see? We're in the end of the Sefer Midbar, We're all in the desert together. We're all in the Gullas together. We're going through the masos. And we recognize HaKadosh Baruch was with us. It's like the father that goes and he says, afterwards, when HaKadosh Baruch is going to bring the gulach run, he's going to turn around to us, and he's going to say, over here, Hukarnu. over here there was a tsar, over here there was a, a sakonah, but I was always with you. HaKadosh Baruch was constantly with us. Rabbi Isai, I just heard from a Talmud who has a son, his name Yosef Shalom. He told me three weeks ago, He you get a chance to call me about it, that his son, the young boy, a lot of energy was crossing the street together with his mother and unfortunately he was on a corconet, and a car hit him and it, it dragged him or threw him and it was a horrible, horrible accident. The people at the time, there were hundreds of people they thought the worst had come. At the end of the day, it was a nest gunnel. He had a broken collarbone. He was taken to the hospital, Baruch Hashem, he's home. He's already back in his cheder. Don't ask me how these things happen. But, HaKadosh Baruch Hu was watching over him. HaKadosh Baruch Hu was watching over him. Nisim And I think it has to do with the fact that Binyomin had a great sheiches to be Meshamish Rav Yashin. He named the son after Rav Yashem. There's no question that Rav Yosef wife, was, was was involved in giving a schus. A child that's named Rav Yosef Sholem has a great schusm of Rav Yosef Sholem. I saw one mice that really struck me as being an amazing thing. That Rav Yashiv, if you knew him, he was very, very um, reticent. He didn't show his emotions. He always used to say that the hergish should come just to the heart. It shouldn't penetrate into the heart. That was Rav Yashiv's matzav. He felt that you have to keep your heart complete. If not, then a person can be riveted to follow this and to follow that. He was an unbelievable person, and he had the ability to do it. Not everyone could do it, but... He still had a, a gewaldic emotions. And it was, Rav Zilberstein says that he once saw him once crying, not on a not on a not on a Yom Kippur, but the one time when he was not feeling well, when he was already was older, there was a woman that came, it was an almana, and she begged to get into the Rav, and she started crying, and she said, I have a son who's in yeshiva, and he wants to leave yeshiva, and I'm very worried about him, and what's going to happen to him, and I'm asking that the Rav, the Rav should speak with him and try to give him chizuk. So the Mekoravim, the Gabayim, the ainaklach, the children, they thought for sure Rehoyash really wasn't well enough. So he's probably not going to be able to agree to this request. But he said immediately, I guess he felt it was an almana Immediately, yes, please tell your son to come. The, the, the Mekoravim couldn't believe it. So the son came, and Rehoyash started speaking to him a few minutes about the union of Avasa Torah, that a person should have Avasa Torah. How could a person not have a moth from Torah? How could a person not have pleasure from Torah? So the the, the, the buffer said, I'll tell you the truth, I don't enjoy because I am ended up, I end up learning by my own. I don't have a And You don't have a chavrusa, you don't really feel like you're accomplishing. And if I feel I'm really not that important, so the Rebbe Yasha said, what, there's not a mashkiach, there's not a Rebbe that's in charge of the chavrusas? Go to the mashkiach, and I tell him in my name, tell him in Rabbi Yashiv. I don't know if he said the words Rabbi Yashif, but he said, tell him in my name that I said, I asked him that he should be Messiah, that you And then when you find a Chavruza that's fit for you, you'll get a Hanal. and I'm going to tell you, if you continue to learn, you'll become a Tamot Chacham. And you'll see, everything is good, because when a person puts his efforts into and not other things, then he can become happy and become a great person. And then out of the ordinary, Rav Yashiv cried, and a few drops, two drops, that's what he said, two holy drops from Rav Yashiv's eyes came out, and it fell onto the safer that was in front of him. Rav Yashiv was this Rav Yashiv felt that this boy, he has an opportunity, and if he would be lost, it would be a loss for him, a loss for generations. And this boy saw that Rav Yashiv was crying over him. So what did he do? He just, it was amazing. It had such an impact upon him. He just felt so uh, elevated that, that this great Godel would feel such a compassion for him. So the next day he went to the Mashkiach and he asked for Chavrusas and he started learning and anytime he ever felt any sort of despondency he would always remember what Evel Yashiv had done for him. And then the Almana came back and she said that the, the sun is so shtigling, he's in such a good place and she thanked him profusely. Everybody said, What did Rav cry over? Rav Yashav cried over that another Yid would be losing out his ability to be part of the world to, of Talmid of the world of, the world of Torah. That shows us a little bit of an expression. I was thinking to myself, during these days, as we try our utmost to elevate ourselves, to recognize that we are living, <laughs> no question, in different times, something that we've never ever imagined would have happened. But we also always have to recognize, keep our eye on the ball. What are we searching for? We want to elevate ourselves. What, what should we be crying about now? Be crying about things which are really the important things. For sure, we have to stay healthy. For sure, we have to do our utmost to keep our families as safe as they possibly can. But We have to remember the is not has not rebuilt. Yushalayim, Yerakayrish, is not the Yushalayim that we really want it to be connected to the island to the to the Yushalayim Shalmalah. And we should be crying during Yushalaim tashuv Tashv, Essenak Dovin Abdukh Mahir Zatsmiya. But we asked Aqadish Bakh who should bring a Manuka, uh Nachamah. Bez Hashem, we should be Zayha to do it. Just want to say one thing, Rev Revshazilberstein said over last night, a story, and we will end off with this story. It really didn't take place together. It did take place together with A Yashiv. But it's amazing, amazing story. There were two girls, daughters of a very fine family in Ben There was an older daughter that she would was getting older. She was having problems finding Shadduchim. She was already in her late 20s, almost 30. And there was a younger daughter. The younger daughter was very, very accomplished, put together. She had a very good job. She had a big personality. And she was being offered all kinds of Shadduchim. And the... Parents had a dilemma because the older daughter already wasn't getting any shidduchim. And they decided that they wanted to allow the second daughter to go out. But the second daughter said no. She refuses to go out until her older daughter will find the shidduch. And she said like this, I want to take all of my savings. She had amassed a nice sum of money. I'll take all of my savings. And I'm asking you to use it in order to make it easier to find the shidduch. Because if there'll be money that you can offer to get a dira or to get whatever is needed... It'll be easier to find a different per, a, a, a talmud chacham for her. So the parents refused. They know that money is yours. We don't want to do that. And they had a dilemma. So they went to Rav and Rav brought the question to us. So Rav said immediately that the amount of money that she wants to give is more than a chomesh. It's more than a fifth of what a person owns, and a person is not, is not supposed to give more than a fifth of his serving, of the savings for the for the, for the, for the, for another, for a tzedakah, but he seems he brought the Shabbat Rebbe and Rebbe and I'm not going to get, go into the whole lambdas, Rebbe brought a raya, that there are certain people that are called balayamana, people of faith, and they're allowed to give whatever they want, they have faith in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and they're allowed to give more than a fifth. He brought a raya from a Gemara. I don't want to go into the whole thing. What we see from over here is, and then what happened, that's what happened. She decided to give the money for her daughter, for her sister, can you imagine? This is what I really wanted to bring out. Greatness of character that we have in our Jewish people. Siblings that are willing to worry about their other siblings. And what happened was, she offered it. And as soon as she offered, all of a sudden, the older daughter, even before having to have to use that money, she was offered a shidduch. She was able to get engaged. And eventually, the second daughter, who was more accomplished, also able to get, get, get engaged. There was simchus of la yehudim. Why? Because people were most of nefesh. And the Rabali Ammana. Now, by we should get chizuk. We should also recognize this is the time for us to turn to our Kodesh Baruch Hu and to ask that He should bring a gula. The membeis the, the masos, the same membeis, should be with us, as it always been with us. Our Kodesh Baruch Hu watch over us. We should be zeichah mitzvahem. That goodner of Shabbos to a Shabbos We should be zeichah to the gula shleima. The mevarei Main meivan. Wishing everyone a wonderful, wonderful Sabbath. Thank you for listening to this Foundation's podcast production. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave a comment. Thank you and have a wonderful day.